passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, and just to well, so I want to piggyback off that bridge, but just to summarize some of the numbers that Scott was giving on the on the fourth line. Um, uh, yeah, so so Steen, Loco, and Beecher combined ten points in a combined eighty-two games played so far this year, and a collective minus thirteen. Um, I know plus minus is kind of a subjective um, number based on how people think it's important or not, but. Um, you know, so when when you when you have ten combined points in the eighty two games, minus thirteen collectively, and outside of a couple of loco fights, like there's not a whole lot doing right um, when they're out there. Um, yeah, it's a tough look, and obviously, like Milan Lucic was somebody they wanted on that fourth line to provide that that experience and leadership and and physicality. And I think if he was if it wasn't for his off ice issues, I think the fourth line might have a little bit something going. But he's not here, and this is what the reality is. So they got to figure that out. You know, I, I don't see why. I don't know why, like somebody like maybe Mark McLaughlin, who we know isn't having a great year in Providence necessarily, um, or somebody like that in Providence. I don't know why Oscar Steen and, and, and is getting that, or like I don't know. I just think there's a it, fourth line type players are more um, abundant in the AHL than say say like a a Georgie Merkulov, who's you're trying to pin into a into a top six role one day. Like I think you can find you can try to give guys opportunity if, if these guys aren't 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 doing the job. Um, maybe find a way. And um, I know I just kind of opened up a different discussion and I want to jump back to Bridget's point. So I don't know if you had anything on that or else I'll just go. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd just say like Mark McLaughlin's going to start scoring in Providence before I think Boston gives him any look because if we're talking about like the fourth line not scoring, I haven't looked recently, but I know McLaughlin was at like five points in 30 games or something down there. So um but he did that wouldn't really like sometimes maybe I hate to say this and it, and it's not really fair because because what you're saying is absolutely true. 
But that may, maybe with certain players, like environment makes a difference for them. I don't know. All I know is that when he was in Boston for that short stint, he seemed to impress all of us on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. And, and he was he was close to making the team out of camp last year. Um, but I, I think there's still I think there's stuff he has to get right in Providence before he's mm. before he's ready to come back. Um, I, I I start with, with and I guess to circle back to Bridges point, like. I don't think Potra's in danger of getting sent to juniors because I think they need him right now because they need to lengthen the lineup, like I said. And that's going to mean dropping someone down to the fourth line. And we know, you know, earlier in the year when they were like pretty close, when they were at full strength or pretty close to it, it was Morgan Geeky who got dropped down to the fourth line. I don't think that's happening now, but sure, like start with Heinen and see if a Heinen, Beecher, and either Loco or Steen have those guys fight for playing time. Like, does that at least start to give you something offensively? Because Danton Heinen isn't lighting the world on fire, but he's been a fairly consistent five-on-five five contributor. So can he bring that to that line and help kind of lift those guys up? Like, mm. I'll I'll start there, and I, I know that that, you know, that gives that fourth line a different look, and it's suddenly it's not, you know, maybe as fast and physical as as you might want, but – you're gonna have to you're gonna have to try something different like you like we said like if you're if you want to find some offense you, you know you got to be able to change it up a little and Heinen's still a good defensive player um tough turnover last night aside but it, like I think you can still trust him for those roles too if that's how you want to continue to use your fourth line yeah and I, I certainly don't think Georgie Merkulov stole Patra's job um in the eyes of anyone so uh it, it's unfortunate for Mer- Merkulov because we were thinking maybe he would get a little bit more ice time and we'd have more of a way to to gauge his pro prospects but there really wasn't a lot that we could go off of he didn't get a, a lot of time and he didn't get put in situations where we could have seen him use his skill set very much so um kind of quiet I mean there was I mean, I swear I noticed him on the ice. I know he was on there more, but he wasn't noticeable. Like maybe noticed him on the ice like twice yesterday. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, he only played like six minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. What so... do you guys? While we're here, what do you guys? Because I see this a lot on on Twitter, especially, but the idea that like they didn't they didn't give him a chance, or you know they should have played him higher in the lineup or put him with more skilled players. I I have my own opinion of this, but I'm curious what, what you guys think. I don't think there was a spot for him higher in the lineup. That, that's I, what I think. Yeah. I don't think that it would have made sense to, I mean, I understand like, okay, if this was a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs, go for it. Uh, if this is a, this was training camp, go for it, but it's not. Um, and we obviously just kind of as fans and, and we, we have this curiosity about what he might, be like um so like just fans of hockey in general we want to see all right we know he has this this interesting creative skill set that we want to see at some point but i just don't think that it was the i mean it was the right time to call him up but it wasn't the right time to do anything drastic and move him higher in the lineup and sometimes that's what happens to prospects we saw we saw this happen to like jackson nika a bunch of times where he comes in on the fourth line barely plays we know he's not really a 
uh, like a the character of a fourth line player. Um, so yeah, I guess probably you and I agree, Scott, that it just wasn't it just wasn't the right time to do that. Well, yeah, okay. So it's a, it's a there's a few different ways you can go about it. Like I I I understand why he wasn't put higher in the lineup. I understand why you know Montgomery felt the need to to shorten shorten the bench at times. I understand all that. Um, but for me, I still have this itch on my back that I haven't scratched with Merkulov. Like, I feel like we all want him to come to Boston to see what he could do in a certain situation to learn about him. And I feel after this stint with him, and I'm not just talking the Pittsburgh game, I'm talking, you know, the prior four or five, whatever it's been. Um, they're going to, what's going to happen is they're going to send, send him back down to Providence. And I'm going to be like, we didn't learn anything because you didn't give him, you didn't put him in a situation where he gave us a chance to, to learn about him. And it's, I feel like it was a missed opportunity just, just to learn about the players as, as an asset and, and where he could, what he could do. So like, could you, could you have found a period, a period, maybe a game to stick him with, um, you know, one of the top two lines for the whole game as the center, just to see what it looked like. And I just feel like he's going to go back down to Providence and everybody has this like sour taste in their mouth slash no taste in their mouth. Cause we just didn't really see anything. Cause they put him in a limited third line role and then shorten the bench in the third periods. And you kind of like, like the point of the call up was to see what he could do or gauge where he could be in the future. And we didn't get that. So in that sense, I kind of view it as a failure on the organization's part. Yeah. I think, I think the one thing they could have done more and I, and again, I guess we're talking like assuming he's getting sent back once they activate Patra. Bridget, Bridget is like, what the hell? Some, uh, what the hell? Some, some house of mirrors or something. Wait a minute, let me try to fix this, guys. Okay, keep talking, keep talking. Let me just do... actually a twin. Oh, she's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, so on, on Mergulov, like the one thing I would have liked to have seen more is him centering the third line between Van Riemsdyk and Frederick, because I thought that looked pretty good when he started there and it, there was some potential. And then they, you know, it got into one of those situations where it was like, well, Montgomery wasn't using him in the third period because it's a close game. You didn't really trust him yet. And then he sort of just stuck with uh, that Van Riemsdyk, Frederick Heinen combo. And I would have liked to have seen a little more of that because I also think, that would have given you that also would have given you a longer look at Heine on the fourth line and what that does. So again, I think you're going to get that anyways now with Patra back, but that is one situation where like Merkulov seemed to be a bit of a fit um, and, you know, showed at least some potential helping that line create some chances. Uh, and to, you know, the last like two, three games, especially just hasn't, been there he's been on the fourth line well like everybody was calling for it right the fan base was salivating for a chance to see him you guys wanted to see it i'll ask you i'll ask you guys like like how do you like do you feel like like you're satisfied and like did did you not so much in his play but do you feel like you got enough of an opportunity to see him and i think you just kind of answered a little bit scott but i don't like everybody everybody wanted it and it was kind of like a tease you know no i I, I don't feel like I 
sorry, Bridge, I jumped in because I didn't know if you were 100% ready to I'm go. I'm back. Just, yeah. Let okay. me talk, okay? Um, <laughs> well, let, um, let me just finish my point quick. Like, no, okay. I don't really feel like I saw enough of him. Um, but I, I didn't think this was going to be a long-term call-up anyways. You know, had he had like a great stretch here and forced their hand, that, that would have been great. Um, I really think this call-up as much as anything was about rewarding Merkulov for the way he was playing in Providence even more so than like let's see if he can play in our top six or even our top nine like you know you know what I mean like I think it was more player management of like hey this kid's earned it let's bring him up give him a chance come up with the bullet list of you know here's the things to work on when you go back down so you're even you're in an even better position next time um so I I feel like to in that sense, you know, mission accomplished. Like you gave the kid a taste. Mm-hmm. You let him know, like, hey, we see what you're doing down there. Um, but yeah, sure. Like I, I would have liked to have seen, like I said, at least on that third line. I I'm with Bridget. Like, I don't think there was really an opening in the top six, and I'm fine with not trying to force one. But sure, there you could have given him more minutes somewhere. Yeah, you, you could have definitely given him him more minutes, but um, we've noticed this is a huge difference from last year to this year, shortening the bench much more often. Um, anyway, uh, did you guys want to go into the Potra thing a little bit? Because uh, obviously it would have been this discussion about Merkulov would have been way more front of mind if Patra, you know, wasn't in the picture. Um, but now that he comes back, it affects Merkulov. Obviously, we think he's going to be sent down here soon. Um, and Patra come back into the lineup. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I will say, um, as somebody who was anti-sending Patra to World Juniors, the one thing I can definitely say for sure um, it benefited was Morgan Geeky kind of giving, getting an opportunity to move up in the lineup and find his stride. And you know he's he, he's become a consistent scorer for the Bruins. I would say in the last three weeks or so, um, you know I'd have to look at his. I think he has 17 points in the season. I'd, I'd have to double check, but I feel like a lot of them have probably come in the last maybe. 25 games, 30 games. Um, so that's a positive sign for the Bruins. Now, is that primarily because he's been with uh, Pashnak and Zaka? I would actually say a little bit, but not a ton. Like, I think he's kind of just been good all around. So um, the question for him is, like, okay, if you do send him down the lineup because you're stretching the lineup, as Scott said, like, does does can he continue to be that player for you? Um, if he can, then that's been a good development. I, I just feel like, a little bit more space in the lineup has allowed Geeky to to find his rhythm a little, rhythm a little bit, and I think that's a positive. Well, and if you do decide to move him down the lineup, then that means you're probably keeping him at center, right? You guys agree that they're probably keeping him at center, if even if they move him off of that line, or do you think they'll put him back to the wing? Because then that's what affects Patra. Like if he moves back, if he keeps his center role, moves back to the third line center, 
Um, you move Zaka back over um, from wing, then that pushes Potra to the wing. I, I think I think Gigi's staying at center for now. To me, the discussion around like whether he moves back to wing or moves down the lineup almost has more to do with whether you you keep Pavel Zaka on the wing or feel the need to move him back to center. And we were just talking about this a little bit off air, so I'll bring it on. Zaka has one point in his last seven games, and I don't necessarily think that he's been playing poorly and that line has actually looked pretty good for the most part uh we've talked about geeky looking good there Pasenak has eight points in the last four games he's just been his usual dominant self and like Zaka is playing a role in that you know he's part of that line's success it's not you don't have a line play well if one guy is completely invisible but you know you also would like to see him putting up some points himself so I, I I think they're going to roll with it as is for now. But I do wonder if something changes at some point where they decide, hey, maybe Zach is just not as involved as we'd like to see him be when he's on the wing. I think he's still trying to maybe figure that out. Um, so to me, Geeky stays there. Potra probably goes back to third line center. Um, I think you can slide Frederick back over to the wing on that line. Uh, but I guess if they did decide to keep Frederick at center, then, then you explore the possibility of Patra playing wing. And one thing I meant to note earlier is Patra talked on Thursday to the media. Uh, he was back in the building on Thursday. Um, remains to be seen if he'll play Saturday. The Bruins are, are off Friday, so no practice to gauge line combos or anything, but, uh, Patra actually said he had played wing in the past. He now, he didn't specify when, so like for all we know, that could be when he was nine years old. But um, it, it was because, Bridget, you're right, Like in, during the preseason, pretty sure it was Sweeney who said like he hasn't played much center, and they tried him for a game there in like, the rookie challenge out, no, in, he hasn't played out much in Buffalo. Wing. Sorry. <clears throat> he hasn't played much wing. Is that what you meant to say? Yeah, did I say center? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's played a little bit of center, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, Sweeney said he like he hadn't played much wing. So Patra said he's at least played it a little bit. So I, I guess it's not a totally foreign concept. Um, you know, Emily Kaplan on the ESPN broadcast Thursday night kind of hinted at that, said like, don't be surprised if they try Patra on the wing. And we know, you know, she is has great sources like within teams and talks to coaches and players uh, before any ESPN games. So I'm sure that was coming from uh, an, an educated point of view and was something she's heard and wasn't just guessing at. So it does seem like it's something that they, they might explore. And I just, I don't have any problem with exploring it. Like it, it, it's fine to try it and see how it looks. I have, but so what you first said, before like before your last point there was that you would keep that Zaka geeky Pasenak line together. And I would too. I, I think that it's kind of gone maybe under the radar that geeky and Pasenak have created a lot of chemistry over the past few games. Like that, that pass that pasta hit him on the back door. Like geeky is going to the right places on the ice and Pasenak sees the ice well, and he can make those kinds of passes. And um, it's led to both of their 
uh, points going up. And like we said, Pasternak, a lot of times he gets taken away from the shot, but he finds the pass and Geeky's been the beneficiary of a few of them. And um, yeah, I just, I think that they've, they kind of know where each other is on the ice now and, and the chemistry formed pretty quickly. And I, I can't say that I, I want to see them get split up at this point. And that, and if that's the case, then you, I don't know why you wouldn't just move Frederick to wing and put Potra back at center. I, I feel like maybe we're splitting hairs at this point, but I just don't really see what, why you would need to keep Frederick at center. I know he, he, you know, he hasn't done a bad job, but you also, you know, you know, he's a good winger too. So I, I just feel like that's a safer bet. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, um, I, I, I see a perfect world where like you, you could have geeky with like Frederick and Van Riemsdyk and have a very heavy, like formidable third line that can, you know, wear teams down and possess the puck uh, and create offense. And then that opens up that opportunity for somebody in the top six. And whether that's Patra or somebody external that comes in at the deadline to kind of, you know, play with, with, with Pashnak and Zaka, if those two are still together. But I also agree with what you what you guys are saying right now. I I I wouldn't move Geeky off that line right now. Um, first of all, I, I think I think his I think he's played really well, um, and I think that his size has created space for for Pashnak out there. Like I think it's, you know, if Patra was with Zaka and Pashnak, that line gets a lot smaller. When Geeky's there, all of a sudden there's more there's more there's more puck protection. I think with Geeky, um, he's winning more one on one battles. So yeah, I see what you guys are seeing. I don't yeah, know. And, and Geeky's good net it. front. Like Geeky can be good net front, whereas Potter, you're not. He doesn't go to that area of the ice very often. He's a completely different style of center. Like even Zaka doesn't go to the net that often, or and definitely not as well as Geeky when he gets down there. He's very effective, standing, you know, side of the crease, top of the crease, taking away goalie's eyes rebounds you know like crashing the net he brings that element to that line which we've talked about before like who we could who could go with pasta that could kind of cause that havoc in front of the net that might help help relieve um yeah. some of the stresses on Pasternak. so you have that in geeky and he's and he's been a decent center as well like taking face-offs and um, doing it, you know, defensively as a center. So I, I don't, I, it's not time to break them up in my opinion. No, but I do, I do yeah. think Zach has to get going though. Yeah. By the way, completely random aside, but geeky tried that, uh, that the movie makes on zone entries where he just tries to lift the defense from the stick, like as he's closing, closing in on him. Um, he's tried that a few times. Like I, I think we all noticed it cause it led to a goal once, but I've, Notice him do it a few more times since. And I, I just love that. Like, I'm like, I wish I had that when I was growing up because I did not have this skill to take guys one-on-one. So I should have just been, you know, flinging defenders sticks all over the place. But yeah, he just leaves the puck. Like he leaves the puck in a place that only he can reach yeah. it. And then he lifts the stick and then he grabs the puck again. And it goes around. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him do that a few times too. Um, and, and maybe people will catch on eventually that that's his thing, but I, he seemed, it seems to be effective for him right now. 
one so I'll present the case shifting back to like Padre or Frederick that dynamic. I'll present the case for Frederick center Padre wing, and that would be that Montgomery has noted multiple times how demanding the Bruins system is on centers and how much skating it requires, how much movement around the defensive zone it requires because the center is, you know, in the Bruins zone defense, the center is the one really connecting everything and helping everywhere. Um, Frederick, I think has a, just because he's been in the system longer, has more of a grasp of that defensive work. And so if he's a center, he handles that. Maybe that makes things less demanding on Patra being on the wing, especially defensively. So that would be the argument for it. Um, you know, that's at like Bridge. I still lean towards your side of I, I would rather probably just play Padre at center because that is his natural position. It's where you hope he's going to be long-term. So I would just let him continue to have, you know, whatever growing pains might go along with it. Um, but that would be the case for making that switch. Yeah. In in terms of, you know, keeping him at center versus moving him to wing for Patra, it feels like almost like you'd be, well, I think he'd be setting him up for not failure, but, you know, he's set up more for success if you put him back where he's used to playing. If you move him to the wing and then he doesn't have success, then you almost feel like the next step is what? Like, well, the next the step is moving back to center. Moving back to okay. Well, what if the next step was you know Frederick's playing great at center? We don't need Potter anymore. Like he's not. He can't help at wing. He can't help at center. That's just the the slippery slope that I see. Um, I just don't really know what the the full season plan is at this point. It seemed like it was pretty clear. And then all of a sudden, right before juniors, we kind of started to be like, okay, well, he's getting, you know, he's not playing in the fourth period. He's, they're taking him out of games. And now it's like they're moving him to wing. And our thoughts on what his role would be this season has really started to change pretty drastically over the last month. I I don't think it has for me, honestly. Like I, I think some experimentation is fine and almost even necessary, but I mean, in my mind, like I still see him by the end of the year being your number three center, which is where he's been for the most part. But I, I, and we see everyone else move around the lineup so much that I guess like to me, if you want to experiment with him on wing to see what it looks like, that doesn't, I don't, I wouldn't interpret that as being like, well, if that doesn't click, then maybe he goes back to juniors. Like, I don't know. I just think it's it's something you can try for a few games and see how it goes. I think I don't think he should at any point in time to get sent back to juniors because this lineup needs the depth. Like, like they they lose depth if they lose him. Um, I just for some reason I'm skeptical. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just have a different instinct that like I, what you're saying, Scott, is what they should do. I'm just not sure that's what they will do is I guess what I'm saying. I just, I, maybe I'm pre- I like, think- maybe I'm predicting it wrong incorrectly, but something gets just, you ever just get that? No, every, anyone ever just get that sense? Like something, something's yeah, not right. It ruins all the time. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> Brid Bridget always being the pessimist in this group. No, I'm not. I'm just, you know, maybe I'm a psychic. Sky's I don't a blue know. Light. Sky's a blue light. We're, Scott and I are talking about blue skies. We're just talking about the Nor'easter coming tomorrow. Um, yeah, well, that's true. That is also coming, so. I think, all, and all joking aside, I, I would I have to go to the grocery store today, guys, and I am not looking forward to that. Very poor planning by me to not get there earlier in the week. Market market basket Chelmsford. Market basket Lowell. Oh, right, right, right. I always get I, confused on, when, on where the line is over there on that side of the highway. I, I have two of them within like a half mile of me. There's yeah. one on one side of the Rourke Bridge and one directly on yeah. the other side. Like, you, but they're, just the, the they're just the bookends of the bridge. Are you going to the one next that has the Papaginos in the in in the plaza? Uh, no, this one has a, a Marshalls next to it, oh. and it's right next to the bowling alley. It's right next to the, the bowling alley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need to get my lol geography. I was gonna say now. people are gonna start stalking me now. It's not as yeah. Well, now <laughs> I'm gonna be in lol a bunch too, so I'm gonna have to figure out the lol landmarks. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna be calling calling the the PWHL Boston games, um, which I wanted to get to at, at the end of the podcast. But um, I, so just to put your mind at ease, Bridget, I would be very surprised if the Bruins sent it back down to juniors because, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, like they they need the depth. I mean, you, you have an injury to a you know top six caliber forward, like you need to fill that internally. And uh, you know, I mean, Patra is he, I just don't see it happening. I don't. Um, 